<laughs> All right, dude. Black top pulpit. Douglas Reform Church. Uh, I am Andrew. This is Ken. We're the elders of Douglas Reform Church, and uh, we take this time to talk about the sermon from Sunday. Make clarifications if uh, clarifications need to be made. Answer questions if questions need to be answered and uh, bring application down to earth down to the blacktop so what's up man what'd you you hear on uh, Sunday morning I wasn't really paying much attention so I don't remember so you're one of those you would rather you would rather remain unaware yeah That was just my tactical way of opening the passage. (laughs) Don't uh be stupid. Don't be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Paul's a nice guy. I think he's he's, he flipped out on a few people sometimes in his letters, but Mm -hmm. he's he's being pretty straight up. Like, yep. Don't don't be unaware. You guys, come on. Well, that's that's so interesting to me because in my experience, uh, different churches we've served. Um, there's always that that if it's not one person, it's the whole congregation, right? Mm. They're like, we don't want you to teach us anything that we don't already know and that we can't already grasp, right? But that's not even Scripture's approach. And if God is infinite, we can always strive for greater understanding. We have never arrived when it comes to how well we know God and how much we know about Him. And so Paul just says, hey, I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to remain ignorant about the things you're, you're currently ignorant about. And he just tells them that. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you something over your heads. Yeah. Strive for it. And that's we should be hearing stuff like that. Otherwise, what's the point of even going to church if we're just going to hear what we already think? <laughs> you know, I really <laughs> wish that this was approached taken more often than it is which is probably never (laughs) i I don't i don't think i i I remember or or can think of any examples where i can i can see a a teacher pastor like addressing his congregations like you're not gonna really probably understand what i'm about to tell you i'm about to teach you some some stuff that's hard to understand but i want you to i want you to at least reach for it how great though Right? right yeah and that's what we should be about for sure course then there wouldn't be any reason for seminaries to exist yeah. but, um, if churches were doing their job so our mission is to close <laughs> all seminaries because awesome. we're going to open so many schools around the country and then the world <laughs> no so we're, we're going to plant churches that start their own that schools start their own school. yeah. we're not going to run those <laughs> right. we'll start our own school our own okay. seminary, and then yeah. and no, then there's a there. no, there's a there's a valuable place for seminaries. Yeah, but the church does need to be teaching deeper doctrine. Yeah, know, in large part, um, it's very shallow. And uh, to the church today, ins- instead of saying, "I don't want you to be unaware," we have a bunch of people saying, "Remain ignorant. Be sure to pay your tithe, and be sure to be sure to follow the rules." Yeah. I think. But, but remain ignorant. <laughs> oh, dude. Black top moment right now. Uh-oh. Okay? Getting real. So we've been talking quite seriously about like mask mandates. Oh, yeah. And vaccine mandates. Especially with what the federal government is doing now to federal employees, right? Mm. Mm. Okay. Fi- hospitals firing nurses. Lots of them. In our time of need, when right. we need nurses most. <laughs> like, the big narrative is like, oh, we yeah. can't handle the, the flow um, of people, now you're all fired. So one of the, one of the, big, one of the big ways I have been critiquing uh, the way that the whole coronavirus thing has, mm-hmm. has been handled uh, since the beginning it has to do with expertism. So the experts say, do this yeah. and do that. Nobody explains anything. They're expecting people to remain ignorant, and that expectation that people will remain ignorant and just fall in line, that has perpetuated even greater ignorance right. on both sides. Okay, so I'm not saying like, oh, I'm not anti-vax. Mm-mm. I'm not that. I'm, I'm not anti-mask, right? Mm-hmm. 
I am anti-expertism because it perpetuates ignorance on all sides, right? Instead of giving people information, instead of really educating people, you're just saying, do this, do that, that's what's best. And then, and then people fight and it causes disunity. And the whole point of 1 Corinthians is to bring unity through maturity. So when Paul says, right. when Paul says I don't want you to be unaware, like that's why Paul is not into expertism. We shouldn't have expertism in the church or in the world. Uh, teach people, even if even if they, even if it doesn't seem like they'll be able to comprehend this, or even if they're scared of trying to comprehend this, we need to be teaching people. Um, that's bringing maturity. And right. Maturity, maturity breeds unity uh, because we're able to think. Yes, we're which is think. the problem, right, right? That we're facing is a, is a lack of unity. Yeah. And the problem in the country too, right? Yeah. Like it all just works together. I'm like, oh. The Bible is relevant. <laughs> what? Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. This long after after the the, the oh, decades man. and centuries and, and millennia that has passed, still yeah, relevant. Yeah. Still relevant. I that's an interesting approach to take it. I mean that that that's a really that's a really good a really good point. Um, that that really like even kind of meshes well with the approach I've been taking. And and that's more like. Let me back up a little bit. It's really good. We all need to be taking a biblical approach to this. I think that's the big, the big issue. Right. Is too many of us are are like you're saying, just deferring to the experts. And as we've seen now, how many experts are corrupt and and you know political in their nature, the experts, untrustworthy, and you know, when the experts disagree with one another. Yeah. Yep. And then and then. <laughs> And then the experts who are on one side are just being silenced and pushed right. the corner. Away. Right. <laughs> and this is where, like, the, my my perspective on this, and it, like I said, it, it's it's in line with that. Is the what people will refer to sometimes as like sphere sovereignty. Um, I like to refer to it as like doctrines of jurisdiction or the doctrine of jurisdiction. I think that's more applicable. Okay. And basically. Um, this is like the idea of God had it, having instituted various, you know, um, mm-hmm. or institutions. So you have my my focus from what I see in Scripture is typically four different ones. It's it's the the it's institution of self, family, church, and government, mm-hmm. and those spheres are institutions that God has ordained. Yes. These are these are institutions I ordain. I have given a purpose. And this is specifically what these individual institutions are supposed to do in right. their roles and not do more and not usurp um, that from other institutions. Yeah. Now, the problem where we fall into is, and unfortunately even in the church, is like all of these are under Christ. So if you took all of these institutions and put them in a sphere, they're all inside of Christ. Yeah. They, they all belong to him. They're all... You know, subordinate to him as king. You believe Christ is king? Christ is king. He okay. said it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Christ is reigning. This is where, again, can we do that? <laughs> Hashtag eschatology matters. Like eschatology it really matters. matters right now to be to, to say something like Christ is king, and he says this. And if you can't look at a sphere of of what you know God has ordained of an institution, say this is what God commands of you. Yeah. What are you doing as a believer? I mean, like, like even if you just take a simplistic, like, Great Commission approach, mm-hmm. go and make followers of me. Make people learn how to obey me. Obey me and my commands. That's, like, here's the is, king. That is the Great Commission. Yeah. Make disciples. Right. Teach people stuff they don't yet understand yeah. about Christ. That's it. Uh, by teaching them the Bible. Hashtag eschatology matters. The Great Commission... <laughs> The Great Commission only makes sense if Christ is currently reigning and building his kingdom, right? Yeah. Hashtag eschatology matters. Verse 11, now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Like, Paul believes this is the age we're in. Go figure. uh, The end of the age (laughs) have come. Oh, man. Yeah. And and here's here's the problem is the state wants to be God. Yeah. And this is this is the issue that we see with men. This is this is the truth that we see in our founding documents as a country. Mm-hmm. Men are evil, and in their 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 inherently evil nature, how do we restrain them? 
and and that's like the basic idea of what it what it mm. like what it means to to see governance of the country and that's why we become so great we're free and we're limited like don't give any mm-hmm. one man or group of men too much power because right. power corrupts and that's what we see happening I today don't power corrupts no no maybe not not Christ <laughs> I believe power corrupts wretched human people. <laughs> there you go. That's a good asterisk to put on yeah. there. <laughs> but but yeah, I see I see that and like when when you, especially when you look at spheres, it's like and you see the state wants to be where mm-hmm. Christ is. It makes sense why you have the problems that you do today. Like why why do people have to fight for the right to homeschool their kids? The state wants the power to do it. You know. Yeah. Why, why, why do you why do you have to to argue over and and fight with how much money the the government wants to take from you as a, as an individual, mm-hmm. a free person that works for your wages? You know, it, it's the state wants control over your finances, right. and now we see that's gone even to the point today where literally the the White House is wanting to get access to everybody's bank accounts. Mm-hmm. So so we see that this desire for the state. And I say state being the government, it's a, the sphere, however it's broken up, the sphere of state or government um, wants, wants control, wants to take the place of God, and, and we see that that causing all kinds of problems. Um, I, thought it, I thought of like maybe mentioning a couple passages too, yeah. when it comes to... When it comes to individual, that's that's the thing we're battling with right now. Individual and government. Why why like we're talking about, why the individual should have autonomy and self governance? Like is that something that we made up or is that something God has has given and expected of us? And that's where I just and there's just a few passages that I've pulled up here. Um, and this is an interesting study too when we look at self control. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight, a man without self control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Second huh. Timothy one sixteen, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self control. Yeah. yeah, and then the last one I got here, and, and and this is interesting where it ties in. Galatians five twenty two to twenty three, the fruit of the spirit. So the fruit oh, of the wait, spirit. Oh wait, 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 wait! No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna prepare my heart before you read these, because <laughs> every time I hear the fruit of the spirit like read from scripture, I uh, I get convicted. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> there's ah oh, man. Okay, all right, go for it. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness self-control and what does he say about this against such things there is no law and we see there like that's the that's the fruit of the spirit that's the fruit this isn't like man's conjuring up these things this is the spirit and dwells and brings forth the fruit of those things I just mentioned Mm -hmm. from Galatians and then that just makes and as far as connecting things, it just makes it all, all the more interesting. It's like, why, why would somebody lack self-control? It's because they don't have the spirit. Don't have the spirit. And then you see this division that we're we're, we're seeing in and out of the church about mandates, mm-hmm. forcing something of. Over a an individual who has autonomy, who who is an image bearer of God, who has self control, and who's lacking in, in control, and it makes it makes me want to say and look at the people who might be prone to be for forcing something against another's will are lacking in self control. They're lacking in a fruit of the spirit, and and I would look at that as like. Why are you lacking? Why are you lacking that fruit? Is that something that God's working on you right now, or do you not have the Spirit? Right. 
And I just think it's interesting. It says uh, against like these things, uh, there would be there'd be no law because right. they're good. Good things. They're good. Self control, mm-hmm. ruling over yourself, is a good fruit. Yeah. Well, and it'll be so perfected. I think, and this is hashtag eschatology matters. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. When the process of sanctification is complete in us, in the resurrection, right? Mm. That's why I think there will be no no written law that we are bound to have to follow, right? Mm. I, I think we will be truly free people without law. And part of that is going to be because the Holy Spirit is going to com- complete his, his teaching us self-control. Yeah. And patience and love and kindness and all yeah. the rest. It's, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it's... I mean, goodness, you could see why there would be so many, so many attempts to redefine words today. If you see, if you see these fruits, and you know, even from just an academic perspective, what truth is right. according to what worldview, Christianity, and you see these attempts to hijack words, love, love wins, love wins. You know, this is like the, the new. Why? Why are we fighting? Why are we fighting over a word? Why why are they taking it and hijacking a word and, and making it mean something else? This isn't this isn't love. This is this is a misdefinition of what love is. It's a, it's a hijacking of what biblical love is. Love actually really does win though. It does. But it's not about sex. <laughs> and it's also not just about peace, love, and Jesus or whatever, right? Yeah. Love is doing what's good for others, not just what makes them happy. Yeah. Love submits. Love Wait. It doesn't seek its own its own gain. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Alright, we'll get to first Corinthians thirteen soon enough. Mm. The love chapter. That is the love chapter. Yeah? Yeah. You wanna know what? I don't know all about love. No, no. <laughs> Not that kind of love. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If you could, if you could change words and definitions, you could, you could really confuse a whole lot of people. And I think, I think that's being done just all over the place. Right? People are confused. People are so confused. Yeah. Why? Why would it? You know, why are we fighting over this in the in the Christian church? Why are we fighting over these things? Why why can why can I sit here and and, and through my theology and my study of who the nature of God? That's what theology is, right? Study of God, who God is, and, and I see His character. I see what He has commanded, and I sit here and say, mandates are evil. These mandates to force something mm-hmm. into an individual who has sovereignty over themselves, given by God, right. is evil. And then you have another man could be sitting across from me that might claim to be pastor in a church or a mature believer in Christ and sit here and say, Ken, bro, like, you're not loving. You're not loving others and sacrifice. And it's just like, and this is where I think the, the breakdown is. Why did you, you have to sound like Todd White when you said that? <laughs> Todd White. <laughs> I, <laughs> bro. Why, why gotta, Am I doing that? Why gotta, why gotta, I need my dreads. Bro, bro why you got to be so hateful and condescending? Oh, man. It's all about love, man. Just healing and love and the Holy Spirit moving. Jesus just loves you, bro. Should I give you a little intermission to sing a song? <laughs> I do like intermissions. Yeah. I like your song, your song intermissions. I think we'll, after this break, we'll be back. We'll be back. Um. <laughs> and now it's time for Silly Songs with Larry. Yeah. Part of the show where Larry comes out and sings. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue. Let's go. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think the problem that we're facing in our disagreement in the church is we're we're changing definitions mm. still, and and when I look at um, what it means to love my neighbor, I see that we we aren't 
in slavery as so many were when scripture was written. We are, we are free. And to see my neighbor be subjected to being put back under slavery when they are free mm-hmm. and to submit to that type of tyranny or dictatorship, like that to me, like is the essence of hate. You, you look, you look at people you say you love, and you're going to watch as they become enslaved, as they lose their liberties, as as they they no longer can can think for themselves. You, you address the whole the whole expert aspect of the problem that we're facing in our generation. Everyone's they're not thinking for themselves anymore. They're looking for all the experts, the people with the PhDs, and or they and, are, and they just don't find good information, right? Yeah, yeah, which is. Oddly, a huge problem in the information age where you can have any, any bit of information the world has to offer. <laughs> but I, I just, I don't think this should be, I don't think this should be an area of disagreement in the church. I think like we are so obligated to be the ones who are testifying to the truth right now. That we are the ones, and again, this is, this is a matter of speaking the truth in love. Yeah. You see, whoever they are, wherever they are, you tell them this is right now. You're you're disobeying God, or you're rebelling against His law. You know this is what He commands of you, mm-hmm. and you need to repent because you're sinning right now. Like we need to be able to do that as as the church. Like we we in that way prophetically speak God's words that have already been spoken. And if we're not doing that, we're not being faithful. If we can't go to to a governing board or official and 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 love them enough to say like. Like, listen, you're God's deacon. Like, read, read Romans. Like, this is, this, is, this is your obligation of what you're supposed to do. And it's right here. Yeah. And all of this that you're doing, <laughs> you're not supposed to be. Uh, we need to be able to, to say those things. And I feel like we're just failing so badly as a church and not doing that. Right. Yeah, well, the, the church is so concerned with church with scare quotes here right needed church so concerned about self-preservation that it fails when it comes to serving and honoring and following Christ and then they die anyway and they die anyway right we're all going to die anyway right Uh, if your church stands for the gospel and the government closes your doors you have won yeah right that's the right. testimony has been heard. The gospel has been heard. And now we're going to have to meet outside. <laughs> this, right. This, uh, this is not about preserving buildings. Right. This movement in Christ uh, is not about preserving certain groups that have given themselves in Douglas Reformed Church, given themselves a certain name. It's not about preserving that group. This right. movement is about proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and honoring Christ. It's not about keeping positions or playing politics or having jobs. It's not about any of that. It's its about taking the gospel to people, about making That's disciples right. of all nations, about identifying with wretched people, calling people into Christian community where sanctification happens and seeing the kingdom of God overtake the world. Mm. Like that, If that's not the mission, then... We're a social club. Right. Or a cult. Yeah. Right? May it not ever be. <laughs> not right. here. <laughs> but, yeah, how, how easy it is. And that's where I think, like, a lot of the the the, the trendy terminology would be, too, like, be, you know, becoming inward-focused and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You worry about your own, your own comforts, your own preferences, right. your own prosperity, you know, and... and, and I think that's one of the reasons God probably puts people in such difficult spots and, and then, you know, be content. I'm going to take all these things from you and I want, I want you to be content. I want you to keep serving me and don't grumble through it. Right. Which is part of the passage too, right? Well, and, that's, and that's one of the ways, like in the current age, Paul, I'll go back to refer again to verse 11, Paul says, the ends of the ages have come. Yeah. So be sanctified. Flee from idolatry. Why? Because during the ends of the ages, this is when... The wheat and the weeds are being sifted. The weeds are being sifted from the wheat, and mm. the wheat will remain. Right? Um, the the weeds are going to be 
taken up and thrown into a fire. Like that's if you want to talk about some secret rapture, that's as close as you get. Right? <laughs> um, it, it's the the goats being separated from the lambs, right? Right, uh, and the lambs will remain. Christ's sheep and the goats, they will be sacrificed. And you look at the book of Revelation, like what's being described in the book of Revelation, that's what's happening in the current age, the ends of the ages. This is what's happening. Yeah. John even said at the beginning of Revelation, like, hey, these things are soon to take place, y'all. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to go through it with you. <laughs> I'm going through it, yeah, I'm a partaker in this tribulation yep. that's soon to take place. And through the book of Revelation, we see the people of God being separated from the people of the world Mm -hmm. and the people of the world being taken up and thrown into a fire and trampled in a word, in a wine press Mm. and their blood being as high as a horse's bridle outside of Jerusalem. Mm. Like that's what you see. Um, And that's happening during the current age. And that's why Paul is so passionate here. Like this is a matter of salvation. Flee from idolatry. Uh, because Christ is judging the world. Like this, right. these are the judgment times. This is when the people of God are being separated out. Right. And they're going through tribulation, and that tribulation is what reveals them mm. as the people of God. Mm. Um, like, you can't, you can't read through the Bible with a hashtag bad eschatology and expect to get it, right? Mm. No, it takes... It eschatology takes. for our listeners and viewers who don't know what eschatology means. Just the study of end times. <laughs> yeah. A study of the times that Paul said that we he's, were in. He's talking about right here. <laughs> They've come. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is this one of those moments where it's like all of a sudden like Paul goes into this trance and then gets pulled into the future? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to get some email from a dispensational <laughs> That's okay. Those are good conversations. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh my gosh, I never saw that verse before in my life. And I have some questions. Man, I, oh, I love it when that happens. I was just having a friendly argument with, with a dispensationalist. And, and I, really, I really call them friendly. Like, I don't have these, like, I don't look at these people as, you, you are a heretic. Absolutely not. But I was having this friendly argument with this dispensationalist who, who, who used... The, the the reference of, of the, the wheat being separated from the, the tares, like oh, as yeah. it were happening, and I said, "Bro, <laughs> I said you need to make up your mind because you're talking about the kingdom of God." Well, it is now. It is, it is really funny, yeah, because uh, um, especially like within the, the Southern Baptist denomination, right? People mm. are dispensational for the most part. Sure. Um, Futurist when they read books like Revelation, right? The Recently, apocalyptic literature, <laughs> and uh, and so they'll hold that they'll be confessional dispensationalists. If that even makes sense, maybe confessional and a dispensational. I don't know. So the confessionally they'll, they'll confess dispensationalism, but then they'll pray to God to move now. Mm. Yeah, and they'll pray for the kingdom of of God to come on earth as it is in heaven like right now and they'll talk about doing evangelism now as if it matters and yeah. and all of this and it's like okay so confessionally dispensationalist practically post mill <laughs> <laughs> there you go here you are going to get some hate mail <laughs> you just called dispensationalist post mill <laughs> but you see it too right? oh absolutely yeah, yeah okay. you can't ignore that I mean the the, the constant reference. I mean, it's, it's, it goes hand in hand with the same issues with, with Calvinism, right? What what would what a, what, what a Arminian type, you know, free will people talk about saving people? What are, the, what are their prayers when they're praying for their salvation? Lord, open their eyes. What? You oh, yeah, pray that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, amen. You know, that's exactly yeah. what we're praying. Because yeah. God needs to open the eyes and ears of people <laughs> so yeah. that they can hear the gospel and be saved. And so we that's pray right. the same way. And we expect the same thing, but some there's a disconnect somewhere where we can sit on a couch and be like, "No, man, that's not that's not the God I worship." It's like, oh, come on. You sound like Todd White again. Did I? Oh, I promise I wasn't watching any Todd White. Oh man. <laughs> Maybe we should call him and see if he wants to see if he wants to guest show. on the show. 
Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be cool and, and very yeah. challenging. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't gotten any emails yet about uh, how Blacktop Pulpit is ranking. So oh, okay. let's wait until it ranks. Yeah. And we'll invite everybody on the show. Once we have some people like watching the, the episodes. Then we yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. Um, only, only one podcast that I do actually ranks. I, and that doesn't mean stinks. It means... <laughs> <laughs> You got a stinky podcast, huh? Stinky podcast. No, it's it's it was like it was like number one in Lao. <laughs> it's like number one in, in religion podcast in Lao. I don't know if it's like the only religious podcast in Lao or what. I don't know, but it was number one. So you need, you need to see what the, the title means in, in their language. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably something really enlightening. Uh, yeah, <laughs> people great. keep clicking on that. Like, this is not what I expected. <laughs> Who are these dummies? <laughs> like, like, listen to 30 seconds of the episode and turn it off. But enough people did that. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. That's funny. <laughs> but you know that's what happens, right? All those, all those views you, 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 you get. <laughs> there's people watching for like two seconds and clicking away. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope people actually listen. <laughs> Yeah, one day, you know, if we if we leave it on online, and I guess at some point, you know, more than more than our wife's are gonna actually think my wife listens. <laughs> <laughs> she hears enough of my voice during the week. <laughs> yeah, I, I finally have a break from you, and I'm gonna play you on YouTube. No, yeah, that's, that's not gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's one thing. Uh, I think the one of the most captivating or focused parts of the passage for me uh, during Sunday and kind of working through a bit in my mind was, well I see here, it probably mentioned a couple times, but I see here in verse 9, and um, this is where he says we must not put Christ to the test. Yeah, oh, that's right, so this is it. We must not put Christ to the test. As some of them did, As some of them and did. were destroyed by the serpents. So, so that like, here's the first thing that I was thinking that I love when this so plainly and powerfully happens. Like, here we have in Paul talking in a letter to a church in the New Covenant, mm-hmm. talking about the people of old, right. putting. Christ to the test and then on on top of that like it's not even like is that a weird word play but it's like he even says like Christ was the rock Christ was the rock (laughs) it's like like, there's no interpretation here it's like that's what it is (laughs) and yeah I, I, I just I love when that happens but then it also brings me pause because I'm like Oh man, okay, so back up, you know, because now at this point you've gotten to this point and already talked through it. I'm like, okay, so what again do they do to test Christ? Mm. What did they do? And that's where I look back, you know, man, all the way back up to verse 3. Is it 3? Yeah, 3, 4. So the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. That doesn't say where. Where did they test them? It was. It was in. Was it before that? Well, they they tested. They tested the Lord by making the golden calf, the idol, Mm -hmm. which was the story in Exodus that Paul's been referring to in this passage, right? So they tested the Lord by giving themselves over to idolatry. And Paul here is talking about the idolatry itself. So let mm. us not test the Lord um, by by getting on our high horses. By making okay. idols. By making idols of ourselves. Our, how did I put it? Our preferences, our expectations, our pleasures, and our sensibilities by glorifying those things. Yeah. Don't don't test God like that because you'll go to hell. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? What was the? Man, now, now now I'm trying to bring some of the memory back. Was there was there a tying of the grumbling that the people did? Mm. Uh, the grumbling. So they're 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 in the desert. Um, 
and as you even taught, like they, they'd gotten um, to their destination, and like the Lord turned them back turn around. Turn back around, <laughs> like, oh, here's Canaan, and uh, you're grumbling, so you can't get with grumblers. Like yeah. you made it, you made it. Sorry. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> one of the things I was, I was thinking through too. So would you, you know, you obviously have studied this passage particularly recently in depth. You just preached on it. Would you? Would you say that grumbling could be de- de- deemed a testing of God, or would yes. you separate that? So, yeah, the grumbling. Yeah, I think the yeah. grumbling is there. I think it's all. I think it's inclusive here. I think those three things go together, right? Mm. So you have um, God was not well pleased. Verse six. Now these things happen as an example for us, so we would not crave evil things as they also crave. Oh, this yeah. craving evil things was all to. Fill self, right? Fill self, fill self, fill self, rather than empty self. It's all about filling self. So we would not crave these evil things. Do not be idolaters. And idolaters includes acting immorally, which is listed there. Uh, It includes testing the Lord, which is listed there. It includes Mm. grumbling, which is listed there. All of that goes back to being evil and practicing idolatry, like grumbling. If we grumble, if we complain at all, any complaint, I'm not talking about a critique. I'm not talking about a legitimate grievance against something, right? I'm talking about a complaint, like, my life is terrible. Mm. I can't believe, why does this always happen to me? Woe is me. Like, like grumbling. Like, God, why do you do this to me? Yeah. Uh, he's been He's been honest about the fact that he'll put us through tribulation. We're going to yeah. sanctify yeah. us. It shouldn't surprise us, right? Right. But when we grumble... What are we saying? God, you don't know what you're doing. God, I know better than you. Right. That's what grumbling is. Let me ask you this. A blacktop question. Ooh. Yeah. Can. Ooh. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Let me, hear the like, question. Let, me hear the, let me hear the question first, and then I'll get pompous. Okay? Oh, wait. No, I shouldn't do that either. No. <laughs> Simple question. You pretty pretty that, big implications. Okay. That we might not desire evil as they did. So this is this is an exhortation to us, um, specifically at this point to the, the church at Corinth, um, and as Peter says, applicable to all churches because you're supposed to be reading the letters to your congregations. Do not desire evil as they did. Would safety be a desire, an evil desire that people can have that they idle in their lives. Yes. Um, In America, we we have made an idol out of security. Right? Mm. Uh, Security of bank accounts. Security of our identity. People buy identity security. Uh, Yeah. Uh, security of our nation, um, the security of our border, right? Uh, security can be a good thing, mm. but when your when your primary focus, and I'm gonna pick on Donald Trump a little bit, okay? Do it. Um, when our primary focus is building a wall. Mm. taking advantage of people's idolatrization of security mm. uh, there might be a problem yes it's important to secure the border in a meaningful way building a wall does nothing <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay could have asked so many people to figure that the one great, out too <laughs> the, great, the great wall of America okay yeah it um, is so in in Donald Trump's action to build the wall, we saw this idolatrization of security at yeah. play. We also see it at play, lest the Democrats are saying, yes, yeah, sick em, boy. Mm. Right? We also see it at play in the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates. Yep. It's the idolatrization of security. Uh, look, safety is not the most important thing in life. The most important thing is to honor God. Right. Uh, this life is not the only life we have. Right. There's something beyond this. Um, there's something more important than surviving. Okay. And so the fear mongers on the left 
and the doomsday preppers on the right both living in sin mm. if they're idolatrizing security sure in order to and I don't even know what the goal of that is except for just to survive survive they, they watch The Walking Dead too much <laughs> so, so that's the goal in life what an empty life what an empty life my, my whole purpose in life is to get old to get old yeah like, and then die anyway and then die right. yeah. so so instead we seek to honor God yeah and his Holy Spirit leads us to be strong brave courageous to be living sacrifices to lay down our lives for our friends Mm. to pray for our enemies love those who persecute us now that's quite a different lifestyle than what the world's handing us yeah. And that's what life looks like when we don't idolatrize security. So yes, I think we're idolatrizing security. Yeah. Well, what you just said we should be doing sure is a recipe for a great country. I think. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's the vision the founding fathers had. I, honestly. I, I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I think they were post mill. <laughs> just like most people historically. <laughs> Except for the ones who are just deists. They didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares about the end times? (laughs) Well, yeah, if you care about the future of humanity. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Which, you know, if we have really believed the gospel, and we really believe that Christ's kingdom was at hand in the first century, and has come and has been established, and his kingdom has overtaken the world... We honestly should be interested in speaking life into the culture and into what the state's doing, uh, which is why we're going to soon release a resolution about mm. what the federal mm. government is doing to federal employees. That's right. right? Yep. Um, so that won't be far off. It's important for us to speak life into our current context, uh, and we will not shy away from doing that. My goodness, no. It's, it's such... A critical time in history. These are... Man, I don't understand how some people downplay what's happening today. These are the moments in history. Like, our children and their children are going to read about... These are going to be the prominent, like, highlighted moments in history. What happened right now? We're living in it right now. Like, this is a pivotal time in history where we can go one of two main ways and one of them my goodness is just destruction it's theft it's pain and suffering and ultimate distru- you know being conquering you know losing losing our mm-hmm. our strength as a people right. uh, as a country um well, we've, gr- we've already done that mm. yeah right. and, and that's <laughs> and that's where i think i think like i've been Man, I, I got into, I had so many people really not like me when, because I saw, even like you mentioned, like the characteristic of, of people like Donald Trump, and I don't, I don't want to rag on Republican Party too much. Okay, I'm a Republican card holder, okay? Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> but a again, like, Republican. I, 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 I uh, was a vocal opponent of Donald Trump, yeah. and, and I'm a conservative, I'm a Christian, of freedom. I'm not, I don't bend liberal, like modern liberal in it, really any of my theology or, or beliefs. Um, and, and that's where, no, and like Cal- when it Cal- came to... Calvinistic is about as conservative as it gets. <laughs> that's, that's about as conservative as it gets. Yeah. Reformed theology is as conservative as theology gets. Yes. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, everybody else, those who criticize us of being left are further to the left than we are. Right. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. But that, and that's what happened. So I had so many of my own, my own family, my own friends, like railing against me. Like, how could you do this? Like, we need to save this nation. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, what's going to expose under his rule is going to cause our judgment as a nation. I literally said those words. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm not claiming some gift of future <laughs> prophecy or anything right now. But what I said came. It came. I, I literally said, judgment's going to come to America. This was before 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Not tw- when was the, the first? The first when, when was Trump voted in? Um, 
This was this before his first term. So this is before he was voted as president. Yeah, me too. I was 16. Was it 16? So I, I, I said, not because of my, me being anti-Trump or anything like that. It was just me, my, my knowing the nature of man, you know, his characteristics and what those types of characteristics as a ruler would bring to a people. Like, it wasn't me being like, I hate Donald Trump. It was me just saying, like, his character is going to expose the evil of men's hearts. Like the reign of King Saul. Yeah. 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 King Saul was, he was, a, he was, he was a man's man. King Saul was conservative. King Saul was tall, powerful, mm. authoritative when he spoke. His head was above everyone else's. Everyone else came up to his shoulders. I think the scriptures include that mm. detail in there. Like he was tall. Mm. He was tall, mm-hmm. dark, and handsome, right? And Samuel warned the people, if he becomes king, he will he will take everything from you. Mm. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. He did that. Right. right. Um, there are conservative leaders who, right, liberal leaders too, right? Um, worldly leaders are all the same, whether they identify as conservative or liberal. Mm. They'll take. They'll take. Donald Trump built an empire for himself by what? Walking on everyone. Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah. If that doesn't give you a clue as to what kind of president he was going to be, I like a lot of what he did. Yeah, absolutely. He got the... Especially with the abortion stuff. He got some stuff done that I loved, right? No doubt. But his character was abysmal. Yeah. And before, before you might think that like I'm some like closet Biden supporter. No. Biden's our judgment. <laughs> our judgment. Biden is the president that this nation deserves. <laughs> and and people look at him, they, they they cast a lot of insults and stuff. And I, I don't take that approach. You know, I man, I just saw actually McCarthy come out pretty hard with some hard words at the G three conference. Yeah. Um, I don't take that approach. I don't. I don't. I think MacArthur was wrong for for kind of for, for saying what he did about right. uh, uh, the president, but 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 I do think like he the, the president as our judgment as a nation we've we've murdered countless like we've murdered an entire generation of people and we sit by and this is like what we're talking about like when, when did we speak when do we get up when do we do something especially again like this is the church's mission now. Now. now and now so this isn't like a moment of defeat where it's like man we're under God's judgment no, this is let's sit back and die call to action that's right sure. um, yeah it's really funny to me to see the way uh, and this is just worldly people right people who are actually Christians don't do this stupid stuff mm. um, but worldly people <laughs> you have the Trump supporters mm-hmm. and the Biden supporters and they're going at it but you take a step back and you realize that Biden is just the liberal version of Trump. <laughs> They're like the same character. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. So there's so there's that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So 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 both sides got their got their character. They they got they got who they wanted. Oh, and and now now what we need to do as a nation is like actually call an, an ethical sound you know, honest and integral, a person of integrity, someone that can lead. Or maybe we'll stop being Trumpists, not Trumpetists, not Trumpeters, <laughs> Trumpists or Bidenists, and maybe, maybe we'll begin to see Christ mm. instead of instead of making an idol out of a man. Maybe we'll right. Maybe we'll begin to see Christ. My goodness, which is our mission. Is to go to all people. Like this goes back to the whole sphere. Every sphere is under Christ, right? And we need to go forward and and tell people that. That's literally what we're told to do by Christ. If we love Jesus, we're going to obey Him. He says, "Go and tell everybody, everywhere, how to obey Me." Yeah. And 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 you know, Paul quotes it in Acts. So, the, the times of ignorance God has overlooked. He now commands all people everywhere to repent. So I love. Is I, it? Out? <laughs> I love the way that I love the way that text uh, 
renders. It says he overlooked the times of ignorance. Ah, almost as if, almost as if he's like winking at the times of ignorance. <laughs> like, like people are all, oh, thank you, man. I can tell you love me because you poured me some whiskey. That's great. Love uh, it. <laughs> so yeah, it's like like God looked at people in their ignorance and he just kind of winked at them. You just wait. <laughs> I got you. I can see that. I got you. <laughs> you know. the, the humor in God, absolutely. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you little ignorant. Just, just wait. My, my ignorant children. You're so, you're so cute. <laughs> you know, like, oh man. I got. Uh, yeah, y'all are so cute down there. Thinking you got things figured out. Yeah. You got good religion. Yep. Just yep. wait until my son comes. Oh, <laughs> you know. He will be seated on his throne mm. and never dethroned. He's probably still doing that to us. Still, <laughs> still winking. I said you're doing black top pulpit, and God's like, "Oh, you just wait. Yeah, I got you. You guys are cute down there, right, doing, right, right. doing your little podcast. Just, just wait until your eyes are open. Just wait until oh, you. Man. Just wait until you no longer see through a glass darkly. Mm. You just wait. Those are exciting thoughts. Oh yeah, actually. man. Yeah, that, that's like what you just said too about you know. Not understanding something that's taught. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Me too. I, whenever I hear either in scripture something that goes over my head or or that proposition of, of God, like soon we'll know him, you know, face to face. It's like that's exciting because the God I worship is is huge and unending and just Don't you beautiful. Mean huge. Huge. <laughs> what is huge? huge. <laughs> God does things bigly. <laughs> God resides in Texas, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Donald Trump, if you watch this episode, I really do love you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hope we can be friends. <laughs> right. Give us a call. Give us a show. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get some Please. hits. <laughs> Oh, we do absolutely. This is not about putting people down. No way. And that, and that, and that, at, at, that's how I wrestle over. to Joe Biden too. Yeah. Like, yeah, we yeah. love you. Yeah, we do. Like, th- this is this is the the hard aspect of like having a mind of Christ. Is because what's my flesh want to do? You know, war, destroy, conquer. You know, like how could you do that? You're such an idiot. You know, it's like, man, like oh, and then there's and, the grumbling verse. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this is where God has placed us. Whatever has caused it, which we can look at many things that are likely, but this is where we are. Yeah. And and I'm not going to sit here and, like, ache and moan and, and, like, man, I'm literally sitting here today not knowing, you know, if I'm going to be employed in a couple weeks. That's, that's a big burden. Yes. I have a family, five kids, a wife of 17 years. Like, like it's a big burden, but I'm not going to sit here and... And say, Lord, how could you do this to me? Like, no, the Lord has provided so graciously. And, you know, no matter what circumstances he puts us in, it's good. It's for my good. It's for my family's good. And that's why, like, I love that type of security. Because I'm not unraveled today. I'm not going to sit and say, whatever the Lord's will. Like, the Lord has called us to action. So I'm going to speak against evil. I'm going to expose it. I'm going to speak truth and draw people to the truth. And I've seen fruit there in this situation. But no, I, I take action. I take comfort in knowing that no matter what God's provisions are and, and what his plan is through this, that he is good. And, and I take great joy in that no matter sure. where I'm going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Well, anytime we... We are so good at playing the blame game. Mm. And the very first sin, Genesis chapter 3, after the sin... Blame game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Adam blamed his wife. Yeah. The wife blamed the snake. All over right. the place. It was that, it was that rattlesnake. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> so we're good at playing the blame game. It's mm-hmm. part of our wretched nature. Um, if we are insane, we play the blame game. So anybody who blames... A, okay, this applies to both sides, too. And so I, I was offering a critique of Trump and Biden. Now I'm going to offer a defense, right? Hmm. Stop blaming them for all your problems. Yeah. On both sides. Mm. Stop it. Mm. The blame game doesn't work. That is grumbling. You play the blame game against them, you are grumbling against God. Oh, man. Period. Right. <laughs> uh, that's, 
yeah. so important to grasp. Men blaming right. their wives yeah. for any number of problems in that the house isn't clean on blame blame game, that's grumbling against God. Mm. Ooh, mm. Right? Wives grumbling the husband's work too much. That's now if you have a concern like, hey, I think you're working too much, talk to him. Mm. If he's a godly man, he'll listen. Right. Right? You yeah. don't grumble. Um, children grumbling about their parents, parents grumbling about their children. Grumbling about any number of leaders in in the church or in or in schools or whatever, right? Grumbling. That's deserving of hellfire, according to Paul here. The, the, serious the, words. The, the, you will be handed over to the enemy. Yeah, that's that's yep. the language he uses, right? And it's it's like, do we not realize when we do grumble, when we play the blame game, God is personally offended by that. Mm. he's personally offended by that almost as if life isn't about us and we, have, and we have no right to grumble mm. because God owns us right? that's right and his providence will reign whether we're grumbling or not yeah <laughs> you know so instead of grumbling speak life <laughs> Get off your butt. Get off your butt and do something about it. Get outside the walls of your your safe church. <laughs> I'm talking to myself here too. Yeah. All right, not turning the blame card on someone else. Right. I think as a church we we can when, when, when I when I critique the church for something, I'm critiquing myself because I am the church. So get off your butt, church. If you want to see change, um, the reason we're seeing the division. The lack of self-control is because the Spirit doesn't abide in so many people today. And what do we need to do? We need to proclaim the gospel. And then with that work, the Spirit comes in and brings the dead to life. And that's where change comes. You, you want to see prosperity in a country or you want to see peace and hope. And, 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 and unity, and which, my goodness, have there have been so many claims of this unity that is just such False a hypocrisy. False everywhere. No, the, um, the only way to accomplish unity is submit to Christ mm-hmm. and mature in the faith. Let the Spirit teach you self-control. That's, that's right. The, that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. The only way it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are unwilling to submit to Christ, there will never be unity. Right. And where does that leave the unbelievers? Well, that, that still leaves the unbelievers with a whole lot of blessings that God still rains down on. <laughs> so it's not a bad place to be. <laughs> At least in this life. That's right. <laughs> right? Um, God is good to sinners. He sure is. He's good to all sinners, even the damned. Yeah. Mm. Even the reprobate. Mm. Yeah. Um, God is certainly good and even uh, you read Indy Wilson's book uh, Notes from a Tilted World he mentions hell in there and uh, he even refers to hell as an act of mercy from God wow right Mm. so you think about hell and you think of torment certainly hell is torment Jesus refers to it as a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth right but people who don't love God who don't really love Christ, being in the presence of Christ forever would be a worse hell than hell. Yeah. And so hell is a place of mercy. You don't want God? There you go. You can continue living like you've been living in your own personal hell, grumbling all the time and trying to figure out why your life doesn't work. You can do that. There's a place you can do that forever if that's the way you want to live. Why do you have so much pain and discontentment and anguish? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why... Scripture refers to those types of people as condemned and self-condemning. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it is. That's the kind of life they want, so that's what they get forever. Um, and they will perpetuate in that and they will throughout eternity. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we come to Christ, and we are emptied of self. And so if mm-hmm. this is what we want, and Christ becomes the desire of our heart, then we, we literally get, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. Which is him, and then we get to live that forever. That's the heaven. desires of your right. new heart. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So mercy both ways, um, but condemnation one way, which is interesting. Mm. 
That is, yeah, that is very interesting. Hmm. Anything, man. Anything else, man? I think there's some weighty stuff that we covered. So. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Good thing we have whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope if you're listening or watching, you're drinking whiskey too, because it's much more fun to listen to a podcast while you're drinking whiskey. Absolutely. <laughs> as long as you're not hammered. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get hammered, because then you won't be able to understand then you won't, so. <laughs> But still, grasp, grasp for it. Reach for it. Just try to even if you, just don't fall over and break your head yeah, doing it. Stunts above your bar stool. Get a lawsuit in the middle. It's like oh, here, podcast encouraged my client to drink too much whiskey and fell off his chair and <laughs> broke his chair. face, and he died. And he died. We'll come raise him from the dead. Bro. That's right. Reform charismatics. Let's get at this a little bit. Eutychus fell out a window and died, and Paul just. Bring him back some life. Get up. So we'll do that. You're not dead. I wonder if the guy was drinking. Hell, <laughs> right? Kid, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I guess. No, but that's a good point, though. Why, we're, why do we have laws? Like, tell like, Pedo communion, man. Why, why can't they drink a little whiskey when you're when you're 15? You know, it's like... <laughs> is, it, is it a big deal to have, you know, a glass of wine, you know, when, when you're a 12-year-old? <laughs> hmm. Conversation for another day. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else for this episode, bro? I, I think, think we're good, man. I think we got it. And some extra. So, uh, I'll leave our listeners with this. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Mm. Uh, this has been Black Top Pulpit by Douglas Reformed Church. And uh, we'll see you Sunday. <laughs>